Thank you for joining us here on the Bowling Green Christian Church Podcast. Our mission is to love God, encourage our community, serve those in need, and share the good news of Jesus. You can find out more about how we do this on our website at BowlingGreenChristian.org. It is our prayer that the following message encourages you as you take your next step in faith. Here we are, week three of the renewal of all things. And if you were with us the first week, you know that what we talked about was that our big hope as Christians, and really the thing that I think holds us to this this amazing promise that Jesus gave, is that at the end of all things, everything will be made new. We're not talking about improved. We're not talking about it's going to, you know, get a, a fresh coat of paint, but that God is going to renew everything. He's going to renew us. He's going to renew the world. He's going to renew our nature. And it is going to be an amazing, amazing thing. We call that heaven. And we're looking forward to the time when everything is renewed in perfection. Uh, but we do get glimpses of it now. While it won't ever happen in perfection until the end of time as we know it, uh, we do get to see glimpses of God's great renewal happen now in our own lives. We experience that in our relationship with God. Anytime that we come to Him and we say, God, um, you know, I want to start over with you. I want to have a new beginning with you. God gives that to us. When we surrender our life to Him and, and He brings the Holy Spirit into our lives and, and, and starts to work that renewal, we get a preview of what it's going to be like with Him forever. Uh, last week we talked about how do we get this kind of renewal. And it's pretty simple. We get this renewal... When we surrender our lives to God, when we give our life over to Him, that we start to experience the renewal of all things when we surrender all things to God. As we hand over our life to Him and we say, God, I believe that you came in Jesus Christ and that you have come and you've died and you rose again, and I want you to be the Lord of my life and I want you to be my Savior. When we make that promise, we make that confession, we surrender our lives to Him through the waters of baptism, we start to experience that renewal. We also continue to experience that renewal when we, you know, every day say to God, God, would you be the Lord of my life today? Would you be the one who's going to, you know, guide the way that I think and the way that I talk and the way that I treat people? Would you be there in those moments? And we surrender those moments in our days to God, and he starts to work that work of renewal in us. And it's amazing how we also see glimpses of that renewal when we surrender that to God and we say, God, would you please, you know, take ownership? And he starts to work renewal in our lives uh, through forgiveness in our relationships with others. When we go to other people and we say, you know, I, I, did, I did wrong and, and I want to reconcile with you. It's amazing how we see a little glimpse of what heaven's going to be like when we reconcile with people that, that at one point in time we were estranged from. And so God is, is working these amazing things of renewal in our lives. Today, what I want to talk about a little bit is um, looking at the book of Colossians. I want to look at what are the gifts of renewal or some of the gifts of renewal that we experience in life here today. Uh, we're going to look at the book of Colossians, like I said, and it was written by a guy by the name of Paul. And we refer to him today as the Apostle Paul or Saint Paul or Saint Paul the Apostle. And, you know, we put him sort of up on a pedestal and he's just this amazing guy, and he really is. He's a, a brilliant 
thinker. He's a brilliant theologian and church leader. Uh, and you know, he, he really lived a spectacular life, taking the gospel, the good news of Christianity, to the entire known world. It, it was an amazing thing that Paul did. But a lot of times we forget where Paul came from. Uh, Paul's life in and of itself is an amazing testimony to the renewal of God. Uh, Paul, well, I'll, I'll let him tell you about it here. Uh, in 1 Timothy, he says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. The Apostle Paul here is saying, listen, you know, I started out my life thinking I was on the right track, and then I discovered I was going in the wrong direction. Uh, I won't ask for a show of hands, but I think we've all been there at some point in our lives. We thought we were doing what was right. We thought we were going in the direction that was going to bring us satisfaction and fulfillment, and then we discovered that that road was not taking us any place we wanted to go. Paul was a very religious, very zealous guy, and, and he was somebody who, who had cursed Jesus Christ. And he is somebody who had, who had, in his own words, he said he blasphemed God. He had blasphemed you know, the Spirit. He blasphemed the work of God. He had done all of these things. He had even murdered people and persecuted people and, and read into that torture and all those sorts of things. Paul had done all of these things, and yet God chose him and God renewed him. Paul will go on in this passage to talk about how, in his own words, that he was the chief of all sinners, that of sinners he was the foremost, he was the first place sinner in the world. And he said, God saved me so that people would look at my life and go, man, if God can save that guy, I'm pretty sure he could save me because I'm not quite that bad. That's what God did for Paul this amazing work of renewal. And so I don't know where you are here this morning and what your life is like and what your past has been like, but Paul's life and past tells us that there is nobody who is beyond the capacity of God's great renewal. That's good news. Do you think that's good news, church? Yeah, that is good news. And so as Paul thinks about this renewal, he writes about it here in the book of Colossians. Let's, let's, let's start with this key truth here. It's that God's renewal enables us to get rid of the old. That, that's the thing that I, I really want us to, to hang on to here. Uh, you know, it wasn't too long ago, about, I don't know, I can't remember, five, six years ago, we moved into the house we live in now. And some of you have been out to our house. And we've got about three and a half acres um, that is primarily grass. And that's a lot of fun uh, to mow in, you know, about April and May, June, and then about halfway through June, it's not fun anymore. But we keep mowing because otherwise it'll take over and it, the, the wilderness will rebel against us. So we have to subdue the land with a lawnmower. And when we moved out there, all I had was a push mower. And um, I valued my time. And I knew that I didn't want to push mow three and a half acres, and so I was in the market for a big mower, you know, a, a man's mower. And so I, I called people, I talked to folks, and, and I found myself a nice big zero-turn riding lawnmower, and I thought, this is going to be amazing. And it is, by the way, it really is amazing. Uh, but about this time, uh, my mother-in-law came out to visit and she'd found that we were going to, you know, buy this big, you know, yellow uh, zero-turn lawnmower. And she said, you don't need that. What do you think they did in the olden days? Well, in the olden days, they had goats. You know, they had goats and cows 
they had horse-drawn, you know, uh, machinery. They had scythes. Uh, I'm not real proficient with my scythe operation. I'm not interested in being a goat herd, and I don't have the adequate fencing to maintain cattle. So this really is, in many ways, my most cost-effective option. You know, I don't want to live the old way because we've invented the new way, the riding lawnmower, the ZTR, the zero-turn riding lawnmower. We live in the future, and I want to be a part of that. And, you know, we get stuck in this, you know, where we kind of look back on old ways and old things, and there's a lot of nostalgia. But, you know, really, when God does something new, it enables us to get rid of the old. Now, I don't know what the old things you have in your life are, what the old things you have that you're saying, man, I want to trade that in for something new. But the good news is that God wants to allow all of us to trade in the old for something new. Uh, Paul will talk about this here in Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 through 22. And he says this, he says, You who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his fleshly body through death, so as to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable for him. You see, the promise here is that God is allowing us to trade in all of the old with that which is new. And that is incredibly good news. So I don't know, again, what you want to trade in, uh, what it is. Maybe it's an old habit. Maybe it's the way you relate to people. Maybe it's the way that you treat people. And you think to yourself, man, I just don't want to treat people that way anymore. I I don't want to act that way anymore. I'm tired of dealing with this in this way. I'm tired of of the anger. I'm tired of of the gossip that I I participate in. I'm tired of just sort of being this passive person. I'm tired of this. I I want to trade that old in for something that's new. I want to trade in the old way that I deal with my guilt and shame, in the way that I sort of numb that with something that is new, God's renewal, God's healing. That's what I want to trade it in for. And the good news is, is that God allows us to trade in what is old for what is new and what is good. And so if you're here this morning and you're a Christ follower, then I want you to know that God has already started that work of renewal in you through the power of the Holy Spirit that you received when you were baptized into Christ. So whatever you're here and you're sick and tired of in your life, God wants to do a work of renewal in you. And in Christ, you can trade in all of the old for the new. You can trade in your old relationship with God for something that's new. That's what I love about that passage. Paul will say, you know, listen, we used to be hostile in mind towards God. Uh, Other places, he says that we were enemies of God before we came to him in Christ. We, We used to be on opposite sides with us and God. And through Jesus Christ, we now have peace. It's not that you made peace with God. It's that God made peace with us through the cross of Christ. And now, through Jesus Christ, we have a renewed relationship with him. God's renewal, however, is this. It is a continual choice that we have to make. You know, God's renewal is a continual choice that we have to make in order to continue to experience it. And in some ways, this is a gift too because it keeps us dependent upon God. You know, I don't know if you're here and you're maybe thinking about what is it like to have a relationship with God? Or, or maybe you, you're a new Christian and you're thinking to yourself, you know, I just, I have a hard time understanding this idea of a relationship with God. Let, let me help you. 
A relationship with God is just like any other kind of relationship. It requires time. It requires investment. It requires interaction. You know, think of it like a marriage. You know, a, a lot of times people are like, well, I got baptized. Well, yeah, that's like the wedding. You know, you get baptized, that's your wedding. But then you've got the rest of your life in front of you. It is sad that couples will spend so much time and so much money, you know, figuring out where we're going to get married and, and the color of the napkins and the flowers and the venue and, and who's going to wear what. And, and yes, we're going to get these dresses that you'll absolutely wear again in your life. You'll never wear this dress again in your life. You know, this is a lie they tell you. Um, you know, we're going to work all these details out and this is all going to be amazing. This is all going to be great. And we put a lot of time into sort of this like 90 minute, you know, thing. You know, maybe it's a three hour, you plan the whole reception, everything out, and it's going to be an amazing thing but we spend even less time thinking about what is the rest of our life going to look like, you know, together as husband and wife. We've got the wedding planned out, but the marriage is not. You know, what if you put as much energy into your married life as you did into your wedding? I mean, wouldn't your marriage be that much better? The same thing's true with our relationship with God. I mean, can you imagine any couple getting married and, you know, like they, they exchange their vows and they tell each other they love each other on their wedding day, but that's the last time they told each other that they loved each other? After that, it was, that was it? You know, maybe they said, you know, hey, if things change, I'll let you know. Um, I mean, and that was that? This is not going to last long, is it? I mean, does it last, does it last a month? I mean, could, could it last a year? I, I don't know that it could. Could it last the week? I, I, I have doubts that it would if we wouldn't at least say, I love you, and communicate with each other. And if we just totally just, just disconnected, it's over. The same thing is true with our relationship with God. You know, it doesn't, it's not just this one-time shot that, that fosters a healthy, vibrant relationship with God. It is a continual investment in that relationship. This is why, you know, here at the church, we're constantly saying it's so important to be connected in a community group and in, and in Bible study, and it's important to come to worship so that we have these points of interaction with God. That is what enables us to have a healthy, vibrant, and strong relationship with God. You know, but here's, I think, what God does for us. When you first come to Jesus, we have that burst of energy and emotion, don't we? You know, you, everything feels new. You're baptized, and you've got the, the power of the Spirit come into your life, and you start to feel new and different and invincible in your faith, and it's an amazing thing that comes to us. The problem is that we allow it to fade over time, and we don't continue to invest in it and to renew it and to deepen that relationship. You see, renewal is something that we've got to continually choose. Paul describes this in Colossians 1. He says, provided... You know, in other words, you experience the benefits of renewal, provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith without shifting from the hope promised by the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. Paul is saying, listen, you have the capacity to continue to experience the renewal, provided that you hang on to it that you hang on to Christ, that you keep your hope fixed on Him and not on the things that sort of pass through life and promise us, you know, easy and quick results, but often leave us wanting so much more, like a brand new microphone that doesn't pop. I'm sorry, that's just some, you know, we all have things that we, you know, envy in other people. Anyways, where were we? Thankfully, with God, all things are made new. And this renewal comes to us. And when we continue that, we start to experience this in a new way. And here's, I think, some amazing, you know, if you've been walking with Christ, you know that this is true. 
that if you live with Christ, you are continually inspired by his newness. You know, I think some people, they think about a relationship with Jesus, and they think about going to church, and they start to go, well, it's kind of the same thing over and over, isn't it? You know, you go to the same place, you do the same thing, you sing some songs, and you, you know, you hear a sermon, and you, maybe you go to Sunday school or whatever. It just seems like a lot of routine, seems like a lot of rote. You know, you read your Bible every day. I mean, like, that's just one book, you know. Uh, once you've read it once, you've read it once, right? You know, uh, why do we keep doing these same things? You know, pray. You pray every day? You know, what do you pray? Well, I pray for a lot of the same things every day. Well, doesn't that get old? Doesn't that get tired. It, it, it could, I suppose, but, but those of you that have been walking with Jesus, uh, some of you a lot longer than I have, you know that there is something surprising about how new it always is when we come to God. There's something amazing about it. Uh, I want to back up and look here at these verses in Colossians where Paul describes Jesus in, in a fresh and new way. As we read through this, you're going to think that Paul is like a brand new Christian and he's excited about Christ and he's just overwhelmed with all of it because it's so new. But Paul has been walking with Jesus for quite some time. But, but listen to how he describes Jesus. He says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him, all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers. All things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross." Let me tell you, I've read that passage many times in my faith journey, and there have been different aspects of who Christ is that have struck me as new and unique and powerful. Uh, you could read through that passage maybe every week uh, of your life. You could read through that maybe every month or every year of your life, and I suspect that if you're constantly walking with Jesus, there'll be something new in there for you. Maybe, you know, like me, when you first come you know, to, to faith and you start to think about God, you're overwhelmed by his power as a creator. And that's one of the things we teach our kids here is that God created me, God loves me, and he wants to be my friend forever. That that's the relationship God has. And so when Paul talks about, you know, he is, he's the one who is over creation, he is the firstborn of creation, and in him all things were created, that overwhelms you the very first time you read it. But maybe as you've walked with Jesus for a while and, and you start to experience some things that are difficult and you start to go through trials and difficulties, as you read through that same passage, you come across the phrase where it says, and in him all things hold together. And it fills you with hope knowing that God is holding all things together in Christ. And that it seems that everything's out of control in your life. But when you come to that passage in this season of your life, you experience God in a new and fresh way as you read about God's promise of holding all things together in him. Maybe you've been with Jesus for a while and you've started to realize that maybe you've drifted from him and you come to this passage again and you see that God is reconciling in himself all things. And you think, my goodness, I don't have to earn God's salvation. I don't have to do anything to, to prove myself worthy of it. I don't have to make it happen. God has already done all that for me in Christ. He has reconciled all things to himself through the cross. Friends, as we walk with Jesus through our lives, we start to experience God in new ways each time we go through different seasons of life. That's the amazing, amazing thing. And 
I'm about to lose <laughs> my mind. Um, hey, we're going to buy a new one of these this week. We looked at one this week. We should have done it already. All right, so... Um, <laughs> the newness of God is something that's been celebrated throughout uh, the life of people of faith. If we go back to the book of Psalms, we see that people are, are singing these things. Psalm 40, verse 3 says, He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Do you see that phrase, He put a new song in my mouth? You see, this is the Psalms. We've had them with us forever, but that Psalm, Psalm 40, that was in the top 10, you know, of, of Jewish hits at some point in time. You know, that was, that was on the top 10 countdown for them at one point. It was a new song. Why do we have new songs? Why do we keep writing new songs? Why do we sing new songs? Because God is doing new things. If God stopped doing things, we could just sing all the old songs again. But we sing new songs because God is doing new things in his people and inspiring newness in us. That's one of the amazing gifts of renewal. We see this theme echoed again in Revelation chapter 5. It says they sing a new song. This song is what? You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals. For you were slaughtered, and by your blood you ransomed for God's saints from every tribe and language and people and nation. Elsewhere in the book of Revelation, we read that only certain people could sing one of those songs. Why is it that only they could sing the song? It's because they were the ones who'd experienced God in that new way. You see, as we walk with God and experience the newness of Him, we have newness inspired in us, and God brings that newness out. As we live in Christ, we're continually inspired by that newness. You know, that's the reason, really, we gather together on Sunday mornings. You know, I know that we, you know, we put a podcast out, and churches put podcasts out, and it generally just contains the sermon, but really, that's maybe the least important part of our morning. Yeah, I know that's what I do, but I, I do think that it is probably one of the least important things we do, because we don't gather together to hear a lesson. We gather together as the people of God to worship God. We gather together as the people of God to sing a new song to God. We gather together as the people of God to tell each other the stories of what God is doing, and to that extent, that's what the sermon does, right, is we're talking about the new things God is doing in us, and we gather together to celebrate that, because there are some joys that are just too great to celebrate by ourselves. And so we gather to celebrate the newness and the greatness of God. That's what we do here on Sunday morning. Now, I know that some of you, maybe you've been a Christ follower for quite some time, and your relationship with him feels anything but new and fresh. And you're going, well, how do we get there? Well, I would say, again, let's look back to this idea that we have a relationship with God. What do you do in a relationship? You, you do new things. As a friend, you might say, hey, there's this new restaurant. Let's go get lunch there, and we'll try this place out together, and we'll see what that's like. You know, you, maybe you're married, you've got a family, and you go, you know, we're going to take a trip. We're going to go to this new place. We've never been to this new place together. And we start to experience new things together. It doesn't have to be travel. It doesn't have to be going anywhere. You say, well, let's, let's talk about some things. You know, what are you thinking about these days? What, what are the things that are challenging you? What's new in your life? And we share these new experiences. And so I would say often we get in a rut with God because we're not taking God to new different places. We're not trying new and different things with him. You know, you've held your faith on for so long and you don't experience any newness because you're not sharing that faith with people around you. You say, well, I've never done that before. I've never tried that before. Well, maybe that's why it feels so tired, is you're not trying something new. Maybe try it and see how God shows up in that. 
You know, we got community groups coming. I've never done that before. It's kind of out of my comfort zone gathering with a bunch of people. Yeah, I get that. But maybe God is calling you to himself through that. And he's saying, why don't you try this new thing and let's meet there and see what happens. You see, one of the best things we can do with our relationship with God is to try new things with him. Serving. You know, I don't serve, I don't do anything. Well, that's, that's maybe part of the problem. You're not doing anything with God. You need some shared activity. You need to spend some time with him in service, not just sitting on your, you know, on your butt here in church, but you're going to go do something and you're going to you know, use this brain and the soul and the strength that God's given you to do something for his glory. That's what God's calling us to, to try something new, to be agents of renewal. And as we share that renewal and participate in that renewal, we find God in new and interesting ways. I know that maybe some of you have never even you know, entered into a relationship with God. And for you, step one is to say, God, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to do something new in me. And here's what I know, that, that Jesus told us, God is not playing hide and seek with me and you. He said, you know, if you ask, it's answered. If you knock on the door, the door is opened. You know, if you seek, you will find. God is not playing hide and seek. God wants to be found and he wants to do something new in us. And he wants to give us those gifts of renewal. To me, I think that's good news. Do you think that's good news? All right. Let me pray as our worship team comes out. Lord, I thank you for the way that you're doing new things in us. I thank you for the way that you are renewing us. And God, I know that it's easy to sort of get stuck in a rut in our faith. And it's easy sometimes to get stuck in a place where we just don't feel you. And so, God, for everybody that's in this room and in that place, I I would pray, God, that you would convict them and challenge them to try something new with you, whether that's a community group or serving someplace for the first time or sharing their faith this week or or maybe just caring for a neighbor in your name, Uh, maybe just telling somebody tomorrow that they they went to church and they enjoyed it. God, it could be that easy. Lord, would you meet them in that place? And God, for those here who have never experienced your renewing power in their life, would you show them that you want to do something in their life, that you want to do something new? And Jesus, would you give them the courage and the power to accept you as Lord and Savior and to be agents of renewal with you? We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. When you're ready to take the next step on your faith journey, visit our website at BowlingGreenChristian.org and find more information about service times and other programming for both adults and children. Thank you again and have a blessed day.